God will not reject your prayer. Praying makes you stronger. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, begging for bread and left to suffer Have patience Just wait and see What God will do When you lift up your head God will pull you through. Oh, worship, simply worship. If you are crying, worship. In your trials, worship. If you are hurting, worship. Nothing matters, worship. Fighting from all sides, he's leading the way as he is the guide. Trust in him, he will never fail. He'll walk with you along life's rugged trail. Just lift up your hands, this is your victory day, and give him the praise, worship. If you are hurting, worship. 
lift up your hands, this is your victory day, and give him the praise, worship the Lord, 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 worship the Lord. Let's lift up our hands. Just sing that verse again and then into the worship the Lord before we go to prayer. testimonies already of the same God that walked through the pages of the book of Acts is walking amongst the lives of your children in this hour and we give you praise this morning Lord it doesn't matter why we find ourselves in whatever circumstance we will praise you we will worship you we will adore you this morning Father we're thankful for the presence of God we're thankful for the message of the hour. We're thankful for faithful men of God that hold the word up high. I pray, Lord, this morning that you will come and visit every pew, every person, that your word, Lord, will speak deeply to their hearts. That God, that they can lift up their heart and say, I'll worship the Lord. 
not just in the sanctuary of the living God, but when I walk out of the sanctuary, when I go home, I'll worship Him. I'll worship Him through my life, my daily devotion. I'll worship this Lord. Bless your people. Bless the Word. May you be glorified. Meet every need. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. Why don't you have your seats just for a moment and then we'll turn to the Word. Well, we're here. It's Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. And so we're thankful that we have a place that we can gather, that we're not getting chased out of a country, that we're, we're here right now. But we don't know what tomorrow will bring. So we need to just be, just focus, say, God, whatever you have, that's what I want. Because you just don't know when the council tightens up here, what's in store for us here. But we're prepared because God saw beforehand and he's prepared us with a message. And we understand exactly where we stand in the Word of God for this hour. I bring greetings this morning from Brother David Mayer from Switzerland. Had a talk with him. Uh, They'll be coming over for the uh, family camp. He's bringing the whole family all the way over from Switzerland. So what is the attraction on Mount Baker? It's God fulfilling His Word. So he's bringing um, his family here in July and wanted to be remembered to you, Brother Viscal, wherever he went. And to the assembly of the living God here in Cloverdale. Also, brother, it was a David day yesterday. I had a call from brother David McGarry, or I called him. I'm going to be leaving for Poland this week. And we'll be back uh, first week of May. And um, on following Wednesday, I guess 10 days from now. And uh, he'll be flying in and uh, be taking that weekend services on Sunday. So I will look forward to that. That Brother David was here years ago. He was, uh, he was famous for his testimony that went around the world, and, and he's been a great blessing to me and a good friend, and so we're looking forward to having Brother David here. That's Brother Aaron McGarry's dad, for those that don't know Brother David. Um, he's a wonderful man of God, pastor in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas, and is going to be spending a week with us here. One we remember in prayer, Brother Tommy Millsap, I prayed with him yesterday, He's in great need in his body. Sister uh, Wanda, his wife, they were here 20 years ago. And they were here on their 30th anniversary. So uh, I had a joy of talking and praying with them yesterday. And we're just so thankful that God had people behind the scenes. These are people that have supported the ministry faithfully. And there's, there, there's people, the unsung heroes of the message, that have been so faithful. And not a, just a one-shot thing it's it's year after year faithfully giving and their support and their prayers and we thank brother tommy and sister wanda for their for their undying love for this message brother murphy wong will be speaking this evening so i'm looking forward to that and um i just want to thank the lord brother john and sister sharon will be back from their holidays this coming week so he'll be speaking on wednesday night and that i'm looking forward to seeing brother john we miss him and he's a He's, uh, somebody said he's a minor Basabosi, so they said Brother Basabosi is Brother John Andy's on steroids, so that'll give you an idea of how fervent Brother Basabosi is, as you heard this morning, so we're looking forward to having them home. Um, 
We had a wonderful uh, time of fellowship with the Chinese saints, uh, Brother uh, Tony and Sister Lily. Uh, They were just baptized. They've been visiting here from Beijing. Are they here this morning? Where are they? Sister Lily, you're here. God bless you, Brother Tony. Why don't you stand? They They were baptized here. They flew all the way from Beijing to take these saints out of the message, and they came in the message. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, Brother Tony, Sister Lily. We had a wonderful time in the afternoon with Jim and Shirley and and Juniper and Bruce and uh, Sister Susie. I think you're up there somewhere. There you are. We had a wonderful time in fellowship at Tracy and Murphy's home. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's marvelous when someone catches a revelation. You know, a real true revelation of thus saith the Lord. And uh, we had some wonderful fellowship. Brother Tony, actually, you know, the revelation that God gave him was exactly how I came in. And Brother Ken, that was on serpent seed. And once serpent seed opened up, everything opens up in the Bible. And Brother Tony said some profound things. And he says, you, and, you know, he says, you know, with serpent seed, and I, I'll just paraphrase it. He says, you know, uh, uh, you know, there was a sexual act in the Garden of Eden. He says, you know, I, 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 you know, I guess we're supposed to have come by the spoken word. I said, how long have you been saved? <laughs> how long have you come into the message? And so I get home and my son Sam calls me and I'm talking to him. And I said, well, honey, I says, we had a great time, uh, a fellowship with the saints at Brother Murphy's. And we were fellowshipping around it. And uh, I, I was telling him about how we came in, Brother Jim, uh, on Serpent Seed. I said, Tony just caught the revelation. He said, Dad, have him, have him listen to spoken words, original seed. I've been going through that all week. I said, were you in our conversation? So it's marvelous to know that God really birthed somebody by the word. And it's just laying there. Brother Bram said, you never got saved the night you came to the altar. He said, you were always saved. You just recognized it. There's a gene in there already inside. And it took the S-O-N of God, Brother Tony, to shine on that seed, to quicken that life, to bring you into the presence of God. Glory! We just rattle that off like it's everyday language, but to a new creature in Christ Jesus, those are profound statements. So don't get tired of amening those statements. So God bless you, Brother Tony. Sister Lily will be traveling down to Denver and uh, seeing their daughter, I believe, and son-in-law. And then coming back to be with us. So that, that'll be a wonderful time. God bless you. Well, I think that's all the announcements I have. So let's stand. And let's take... Um, I'd like to uh, speak on a little bit of a subject this morning. I probably obviously won't cover it all. But um, I'd like to speak on our... Contentment, my, content, my contentment in my portion. Contentment in my portion. And it seems to be a day and age where people are not contented. So let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. And you can have your seats and then we'll go to the word. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And may 
maybe we could just read it all together. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. But godliness with contentment Uh, let's read it again. We're, leaving, we're living in Laodicea. Okay? This is, a, this is a good scripture and very applicable for this age. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Hey, let's bow our heads one more time. Father, your word is eternal. And so now, Lord, we're asking that you will anoint it, that you will speak to us, that you will be glorified through it all. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have your seats. God bless you. Nice to have you all here this morning. I'd like you to turn also now to Psalms chapter 16. We'll be looking at most of that psalm today. Psalms. Chapter 16, and to speed the time up a little bit, I'll just cut out a few things and then make reference back to the scripture. Verse 5 and verse 6. The Bible says here, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night season. I have set the Lord sometimes. No, Bible says always, doesn't it? I have set the Lord always before me. Always. Because he is at my right hand. And I shall... Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, as we spoke last week. Neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Contentment in your portion. If I take a look at the Greek, will you, will you amen me? Will you just amen me, okay? Not me, amen the Greek portion of what I'm going to read. With contentment, as Timothy was told by Paul writing to Timothy, contentment, godliness with contentment is great gain. I think you heard a little bit about it as Brother Tim was preaching on Wednesday night, not looking at Buicks. I, I thought there's only old people looking at Buicks. <laughs> but you said that, right? <laughs> but there's nothing wrong. It's just that if that's what you're always reaching for, reaching for the new, reaching for that. But we live in a day and age where everything's glitzy. Everything has to be uh, new and, and um, more or less you see young people start out and I was blessed being at Brother Victor's, Sister Sarah's 
this week and seeing how young people start out like we did. And it's nice to see because, you know, despise not small beginnings. You know, our first table was something from a, a damaged goods place that I went down and sanded it and painted it white and that was our kitchen table. So you reminded me of 40 some odd years ago. And you know what? We were just as happy then as we are now. We're just as happy now as we were then. So it wasn't that we were reaching for anything. It's just that as time goes on, things add. But we're not caught up into those things that are added. So we're contented with whatever lot God has taught me to say. It is well. It is well with my soul. Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. It is well. It is well with my soul. I'm content in my portion. And I think that saints of God, we should all come to a place of contentment in the portion that God has allotted us. Because there's a reason why we are in our, the position that we are in. God's ways are not our ways. God knew, as we were speaking last week, before you call, I'll answer. God knows exactly what you will be, what you were, and what you're going to be. He's, he's got it all defined. He's got your trials just perfectly met out. It's something that you don't have to worry about. Because it's, you're just going to go through the trial. There's a promise of coming out of the trial. We have been promised many promises of God. And I haven't met anyone who was first saved, got everything that God had promised for them on the moment they got saved. It was as they moved along in the word of God, in the promise of God, their portion that God has allotted has become more manifest. So as time goes on, God manifests your lot and your portion. But the secret of the success of it is, your contentment. Ah, <laughs> oh, I know that's just a barn burner ex ex statement, isn't it? Yeah, I'm contented in what I've got. I got no amens from the balcony, so I'm preaching to just down here. I can hear you, you know. I can hardly see you from the lights, but I do hear you. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, what? I'm contented. <laughs> God has given us so much in this age. There are pleasures forevermore at his right hand. And there's so much treasures in the revelation of the book that's been opened in his right hand. And so a lot of times people look at their portion as being something of monetary. 
or natural. But I love my portion that God has given me in the word. Are we loosening you up a bit, a little bit here? (laughs) I love the portion that God has allotted for us at the last day of the wedding feast here. (laughs) He said, a thirst, let him come. They that are hungry, let him come. Scripture says, now to him that is of power to establish you according to his gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery that has been kept secret since the world began. The word has been closed for centuries. But now the word has opened. And are you content in your portion? Hmm. If a person is content, saints of God, they live in a, the Greek says, a a perfect condition in life, not needing aid nor support. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, I said, please amen it when I get down to the Greek of it. He said, I don't need any aid, any support. He is my portion. He is my allotment. He will maintain my portion. He will maintain my lot. It's all in Christ. In Christ alone. His word. Or just laying it down for you. So now this word has been made manifest as the scriptures have declared. And as the scriptures declare, there's promises or there's portions that we need to reap from it. We need to look into what God has given us so that we can be content. Because if he's our contentment and he is the word and his word is open up, then we need to be in Christ. This is not just a Sunday go to church type of Christianity. This is a 24-7. We live for this word. So then if the word is made manifest and the word has opened up, then the Lord has a portion to maintain in our lives. And we can say that his lines or my portion has fallen in pleasant places and I'm not going to be jealous of somebody else's portion. Just that we need to make ourselves available that the revelation would drop within our heart because we need revelation and the church is built on revelation. And then be content in what God reveals to you. You can't pump it up. You can't push it down. You can't pray it down or pray it up. It's God-given. Just make yourself available. We'll find out what the prophet said. So before you would call, he's going to answer you because he's already got your portion allotted. And we have to walk in our allotment and not complain because then the Greek says you're not then living in a perfect condition of life. So, well, Brother Tom, I, nobody's going to be made perfect. No, we aren't perfect, but we're par- perfect in Christ. 
We're perfect in our allotment. We're perfect in our inheritance. We're perfect in our portion. If you're discontented this morning, you need to know the Lord. Can I say that again? If you're discontented this morning, you need to know the Lord. Because He is my contentment. He is my peace. He's my satisfying portion. He's everything to me. Can you say amen? Balcony. He's everything to me. And my allotted portion, I'm content in it. I'm content in what God shows me. I'm not going to complain about my situation. I'm not going to complain and be a crybaby. And Brother Bram said, now we've moved into the revelation of why Christ speak. There's a church that's going to mature. There's a church that is mature. And there's a church that's going to take on a rapture. That's my portion. That's my inheritance. And God maintains me for that, for that season. If that's not real to you, you're discontented. You will get a new body. You will have a rapture change. You will be translated. You will go to a future home. You will be into the promise of things that are to be. How many believe that there's spiritual Israel? Some didn't put up their hand. That's fine. That's fine. I didn't put mine up either. Quickly. I am spiritual Israel. Natural Israel is going through their, their um, uh, different celebrations. I was looking it up last night. Late and I just thought I'd look at it. Because they've come into their 70th year. Of being a nation. And depending on your calendar or their calendar. It's between a year difference here. They look at it May 2017. But they look at November. As when it was announced. To the United Nations. That there was going to be a. Um, a passing of the recognition. That Israel will become a nation. And actually it was President Truman. Who was the first president. To support Israel. Gave it okay. To put that through. And so I listened to one of their speeches. And I listened to one of the head diplomats. The United Nations for Israel. And he said if Herman. Or Theodore Herzl, is that right, Ken? Is that the correct name? Uh, Theodore Herzl in 1897 stood up, and this is a quotable quote. He stood up and he said, if I would make a declaration that Israel would become a nation, if I stood in the streets and I cried out that Israel one day will become a nation in 1897, He said, the world would have laughed at me. He said, but nevertheless, within 50 years, they will have to agree with me because Israel will become a nation. Then I thought, you know, saints of God, that was an allotted portion because they were under prophecy to return back to Israel. 
They had to go through what they went through through World War II. They had to go through. But God was birthing them as a nation. You have to go through what you go through to get in your land and your allotted portion. And God will maintain your lot. Do you think it caught God by surprise that Israel was going to be fulfilling the prophecies of the prophets that they would return? I don't think it catches the Lord by surprise. But there were men that were inspired. And this Theodore Herzl, when he, when he made the declaration, he said the world will laugh, but one day they won't laugh. They'll have to agree because God is going to fulfill his word. Then I thought, Lord, we should never be ashamed that there was now a prophet coming this day. Say, there will be a victorious people. There will be a super church. There will be a rapture change. There will be a change in the body. There will be a moment she'll be caught up together with them. There will be that time. And the world laughs. But they're not going to laugh, saints. Because we are putting on a change. That's my portion. That's my allotment. And I'm content in it. There is no allurement to Laodicea. There's no allurement to the things of the world. We have to do these certain things. I'm caught up in my future home and not my home here. I'm caught up in heaven and the king of heaven and the Lord of glory and the great I am. And the only focus that we've had in this generation was a spiritual man of God fulfilling Malachi 4 that would cry out and said, this is a message that's going to turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of her fathers. And yet they laughed at him. And they mocked him. But he plowed through. Because he saw a bride coming out of America. And around the world. He saw it. And now you have to make the declaration. He saw me. That's my allotment. That's my portion. God will maintain me for that moment. Because he did see. The church of America dancing to rock and roll. And I'll tell you what. If you want to go to the churches of America. It is hideous. To I do declare. The Bible talks about Josh, in Joshua 17. That Joseph, the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua saying. Why hast thou given me but one lot. And one portion to inherit. Seeing I am a great people, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto. And Joshua answered them, If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country, cut down for thyself there in the land of the Perizzites, of the giants. If Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee, now he's challenging them. They want it? You want it? Go get it. You want the body changed? Go get it. Fight for it. You want your land? Eat the book. It's not handed to you on a silver platter. You're going to have to fight for your land. And the children of Joseph said, the hill is not enough. 
for us and all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron. Both they who are of Bethshen and her towns, they who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people. So now the prophecy is coming back to them. Thou art a great people. And you have great power. So Joshua parallels Ephesians. So we'll get into Ephesians. But now we're looking at Joshua. Joshua was now dishing out or giving to them their allotted portion. He says, And Joshua spake unto the people of Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, You're a great people and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only. God had in his mind more for them. But the mountain shall be yours. So now he's telling them, the giants are going down. Your problems will be solved. But you're going to have to go take God at his word. You're a great people. You have great power. Go fight for your land, Sister Lily. This is down to you personally. Thou shalt not only have one lot only, but the mountain now shall be, be for thine, for it is of wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be thine, for thou... Now here comes the prophecy. They haven't even done it yet. They haven't even had the body change yet. They haven't come to the fulfillment yet, but God was already telling them, thou shalt drive out all the Canaanites. Amen. You might as well rejoice. You might as well say it. I bind that spirit that's on my son. I bind that demon that's trying to take my daughter. I'm driving out that Canaanite. I'm driving out that giant that's trying to take me down. I rebuke that devil. I stand on thus saith the Lord. Amen. You fight for it. You take God at his word. And let God say to you, you are a people of great power. Don't hide behind a deacon or don't hide behind the ministry. You do something. You take God at his word. You fight Satan in your own household. We got to run to this and run to that. No, you stand as a son of God. You stand as a daughter of God. God's allotted you a portion. It's a great portion. But the brand was told a great portion of heaven awaits him. Do you actually think that that's a universe that you're talking about? Do you actually think it's terra firma? Or do you think it's God himself? A great portion of heaven. At thy right hand is pleasures forevermore. A great portion has been allotted to us. Fight the good fight of faith. As you've heard recently. So God already told them now. Said okay. We need more land. We're a great people. Yep, you're a great people. You're a great nation. And you have great power. So now I'm going to give you a comfort. And that comfort is the word. It wasn't, oh, good buddy, old friend, old pal of mine. You're, gonna, you're just going to do fine. You, you'll get through this battle. No, they had to fight for everything that God told them they were going to possess. 
personally. That you can say then, these lines have fallen in pleasant places. But Brother Tom, you don't know what I have to go through to get what I have to get. Saints of God, it will not even compare to the glories that await you. It doesn't compare. Thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. I, the Lord God, am with thee, wheresoever thou goest. Already given it to them before they possessed it. Nathan, that's tremendous. God's already giving you promises before you've even possessed them. Remember I read this quote and this probably be the last reference to the quotes from last week and I'll just move on. Brother Bram says, and today we believe God, we, he expresses his word. Say that it's done before it's done. What is he trying to do? Catch you up to God's thought. Because it's done. It's already done. He's trying to bring you into God's thought before it's even done. Because as far as God's concerned, it's already over. That's why Brother Bram said, he says, he doesn't see you as you are now. He already sees you on the streets of glory rejoicing. Hmm. Say it's done before it's done. Brother Tom, I'm around the throne. Thanks, Brother Roy. Let's ride the vanguard of this. The reason for this, that we can say this, is because God has opened up his word to us. There's many people that are looking at what we're looking at and are confused. Because they don't have a message. They don't have a messenger. God hasn't vindicated the word that they're preaching like he hasn't this day. Okay. The Bible goes on in Ephesians says, In whom we have obtained an inheritance The reason we've obtained this inheritance, it's not, Brother Branham says, it's not that we could do anything to obtain it. It's not in our our capability. It's in God's capability. So the reason why he's telling you this, because you're children of his, and the Father is telling you the facts. Stay with me now. In whom we have obtained an inheritance. Brother Ram goes on to say, it's not that you could obtain it. It's that God sent Jesus to make this inheritance real to you. That's what this message is. Christ. Making Christ, the word, alive to you. And that's our contentment. That's our satisfaction. Look, Brother Bram says in adoption. Hey, he has predestinated us to this inheritance. If I, a right of inheritance of something, if God is knocking at my heart and saying, William Branham, I called you a long time ago before the foundation of the world to preach the gospel. I have an inheritance, an inheritance of eternal life. Now, he says, God sent Jesus to make that inheritance real to me. 
Because there's nothing I could do to inherit it. There's nothing, Brother Tony, you could do to inherit this. It's God rich in mercy, bringing his word by your way, and God quickening it to you. So he says, I couldn't do nothing to inherit it. It was blank. There's nothing I could do. But in the fullness of time, in his own good time, Jesus the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, his blood was shed that I might go to my inheritance to be what? What inheritance? The sonship to be a son and daughter of God. I'm contented in that. That's my portion. His lines have fallen in pleasant places. He will maintain this prophecy. Glory, charity. He will maintain it. You won't have to maintain it. He'll watch over you. He will move you. He will allow things to affect you. So you will get on your knees and pray. You will call out on God. It won't be people giving you something on a silver platter. It will be like those children of Manasseh and Ephraim that had to go fight for it. The giants were there. But God said, you are a great nation. You have great power. Use it. Use it. Not just young people, parents, use it. Use it to claim what God has given to you. And if that is my inheritance, then it's already done. But the Ram says in uh, contending for the faith, so it isn't what you do, it's what he's done. Your personal faith has to accept that. And that will bring your salvation. He was wounded for our transgression, and by his stripes we're healed. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said to the Father, it's finished. What's finished? The whole plan of salvation. Everything's finished. All the promises I've made, the deposit is put before God. That all your sins are forgiven. Are you content in that? Amen. Every thought that God has towards you is for you. And God thinks of you only as perfect through the blood. Glory. It's not how my feelings are or what circumstances I have. God sees you through the word. We must see ourselves in the word. It's finished. It's already done. I'm contented in my portion. The promises that are made, the deposit was put before God. All your sins are forgiven. He said, you're out of the slave market. You're out of the slave market. How, I love it how he said it in, in, in the early 60s, Kinsman Redeemer. He says, once you've been bought out, you can't go back. I don't care what your chain of circumstance was before you got saved. And Satan will rattle that chain. But you rattle it right back in his face. I can't go back to that demon. Rattle it back. Speak the word. You are of great power. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Phil, it's great to see you. 
Ben, how you doing? All's well? Nathan, still awake? Still going strong? All right, yeah, I just got to check these young fellas down here, make sure everything's okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? Visions don't heal. Okay? The visions don't heal you. He says, visions don't heal. Christ already done that. Christ already done that. It's already done. It's finished. It's just to help your faith. Glory. Stay in the vision. Without a vision, the people perish. Stay in the vision. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall shall return coming with mournings and complainings unto Zion. No, no, no. The redeemed of the Lord shall return coming singing, rejoicing with everlasting joy. Shall be upon their head. They shall obtain. Oh, you know the song? Or do you know the psalm? Well, we, we know the psalm because we know the song. But I'd rather you know the psalm so you can sing the song. Because if you know the word, the word will turn your sorrow into joy. And you'll be contented in that. The word is my contentment. An everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Who too? The redeemed of the Lord. My complaining is over. I wonder whether we could put that on our lips this morning. Brother Tom, my complaining's over. I'm contented in my portion. And what needs to be driven out, you can be sure God that's in you is going to drive that out of your life. Saints of God, just make yourself available. That's why we're in a rush, rush, hurry up society. Busy doing nothing. And the, and the scripture goes on to say here. That they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I, even I. Am he that comfort thee. That comfort means contentment. I'm contented in God being my comfort. Hmm. That means whether we're young or old. God will not supply your wants. He will supply your needs. How many identify themselves as Ruth? 
Sure, we all, we all identify ourselves as Ruth in the scripture. Did she go through a rough time? Do we know Ruth? Do we know the book of the Ruth? Do we understand that, that her life wasn't a, a, what they call a bowl of cherries? Her life had heartache and pain. But through that heartache and pain, it brought her to the feet of Boaz. So she could say at the end, saints of God, thy lines have fallen on pleasant places. You'll maintain my lot. I'm contented in it, Lord. If those were types and shadows of us, whether it be Rebecca coming at the well at evening time and Eliezer being there, bringing her into the tent, and she had to go through travel, she had to go through a certain space of time to be in the tent of Isaac. They had to go through a process to get them to their destiny or their destination. And nothing was going to stop them. Complaining won't help you. But the word will. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. Thy lines have fallen in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. In another translation it says, The Lord is my chosen and assigned portion. The Lord is my chosen and assigned portion. You're my cup. You will hold and maintain my lot in the Lord. My lot, my portion, my contentment is an inward satisfaction that comes with God alone. Your joy and your inheritance, your constant thanksgiving is God's predestinated plan for you. What is it, Brother Tom, that's going to bring me there? Unmerited grace. It's not what you can do for God. It's what He's already done for you. That's why the redeemed of the Lord can rejoice. Because it's already done. It's already in the mind of God. You know God is specific about His boundaries, don't you? You know God's specific about His boundaries. Because Joshua tells us in Joshua 15, 1 to 9, that the Lord said, Cursed is the man that removed the boundaries. So don't remove my boundaries. And I won't remove your boundaries. But I'll be content in what God has allotted to me. Whether it's prosperity, whether it's trial, whatever is assigned to me, God himself measures it out. I'm going slow because I do want you to get this. Because it will give you a comfort and peace. Realizing God knows your every need. As we've been preaching on the last couple of services. That's why the psalm goes on to say. Thou will show me the path of life. And in thy presence is the fullness of joy. And at... Thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Would you allow me to break it down a bit for you? I don't know why we ask you those kind of questions because you're going to say yes anyways. 
Is it all right if I go ahead? Is this okay? I, I don't know why we say all these things, but the redundant, I don't know. I mean, God, help me stop him from saying that. I'm going to do it anyway. I don't necessarily, I want the Lord's leadership in it. Okay, thou shalt show me the path of life. God will give me the, the my, he will maintain my lot. So David is writing in the Psalms, he's telling us, he's leading us. And, you know, we go through situations within our lives that opens a door for another situation, that opens a door for another situation. And you had to go through that to get here. But you don't see it as you're going through that. But when you're here, you're looking through the doors. You say, oh, that's what God was doing. But you were complaining all the way. You complain to this door. I complain. Oh, my goodness. Why am I going? You complain here. Then you say, praise God. Look where I'm at. Come on. You might as well praise God at this first door. Praise him in the second door. Praise him in the third door. We will rejoice. Rejoice in what God is doing in our lives. It doesn't matter what he's doing, good or bad. It's for your good. Hallelujah. God allotted it to you and you can praise God for it. So I don't know why I'm going through this. See, now we're not complaining no more. Now we're not complaining after this service no more. Because you had to go through this to get this. Had to go through this to get that. Right? So now another door opens. And then you say, praise the Lord. But you complained. Stop your complaining. Some of these young people, they look at me and say, you're crazy, Tom. Brother Tom. Yeah, well, maybe we got a few years under a belt. But I know how many doors I've gone through to get here. <laughs> God help me, I didn't complain that much back here. Whatever thy lot, door. Thou hast taught me to say door. It is well. It is well. With all my doors. <laughs> Take that devil. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to be upset. I had to go through that experience. To make me what I am today. And I know I am a victorious church. I know that by prophecy. You are a great people. You are a great power. You will conquer the devil. Hallelujah. That's a promise in the word of God. That's my portion. That's your portion. Walk in it. Sometimes people say you look angry sometimes. I'm not angry. Can I, can I do it with a smile? We can do it. It just doesn't have the same force. But I would. I, but you know when Brother Tom gets like, like that. Just remember I'm smiling on the inside. Does that help you? I, I, I'm not rebuking you at all. I'm trying to encourage you in the faith. I'm trying to lift you up in the body. Amen. I know how many doors I've gone through. And I know situations that came in my life. But I know every time God came on the scene. And I know I conquered that devil. And I'll conquer it again and again and again. 
Because as Joshua put their foot on the neck of the kings, you can put your foot on the neck of the king of this generation. I am so tired of seeing people getting pushed around. Now it's time to push back. Now it's time to take God at his word. I claim everything God has allotted me. I claim it. I deny unbelief. I deny it, Sister Ella. We believe thus saith the word. Door after door after door. But I saw people out of every nation. Onward, Christian soldier. That was me. Hallelujah. All the time. Amen. Remember, I'm smiling. At thy right hand, our pleasures forevermore. You know that word at is only two letters. Anybody understand that? What is it in Chinese? I don't know what it at. It might have a couple more letters. I don't know. But in English, King James Version, it says at thy right hand. If you look up the word at, it means a place or position. So at a place or position, you'll have pleasures forevermore. And where's that place and where's that position? It's the same as the word in. Because it's, that's the word that's at, at thy right hand. It's a place of position of where you're in. And where are you in? You're in his right hand. Where did he take the book? From his right hand. Where was it opened? From his right hand. Where was it passed? From his right hand. And in his right hand are pleasures forever. Where? Where is it then? It's in his right hand. Where is his right hand? It's his power. What's his power? It's his word. Glory. Glory. I'm in his power. Power. Wonder working power. In the blood of the Glory. So this is my allotted portion. And I'm content in it. Could you imagine being what we are and living in Luther's day? I don't think you would have too much contentment. The just shall live by faith. Luther, can you get off of that just shall live by faith? <laughs> like Brother Bram said, he said, I preached on, the, on Job on the ash heap for a month or so. And the sister came to me and said, Brother Bram, when are you ever going to get him off the ash heap? He says, well, whenever God moves me to go off the ash heap. God has put us in a certain place. And we need to be content in that place. And that place is Jesus Christ. Which is his word, which is himself. And we do indeed have the power in the name of Jesus. Not our own strength and power. But in him. In Christ alone. So then it means at that place, at his right hand, in thy right hand, are pleasures or contentment or satisfaction or delight or joy and gladness. Those are all definitions. So we won't see a grumpy believer in this church again. 
I'll just take a drink on that statement. Let that gospel go down. So if you say, well, Brother Tom, I'm in his right hand. That is believer's position. And that's my position. Then in that place is a place of contentment, is a place of satisfaction, is a place of delight. I love being around new believers because everything to them is new. Their eyes are sparkling. Their eyes are shining. They can't ask enough questions. Right, Brother Jim? Oh, we had a great time the other day. Question after question after question. I got one more question. But we're thankful that God said a word today. But I don't have all the answers. I know one that does. That's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Amen. In his right hand were seven stars. Is that true? Everybody still with me? Sorry he said that. Of course you're with me. So in his right hand were seven stars. Is that correct? Seven stars are the seven messengers. Is that right? We understand that. Representing the seven church ages, correct? So in his right hand are seven stars. And in those seven stars are seven messengers. And those seven messengers were to seven church ages. And you were in this last church age. So I'm under the star of Malachi 4. True? Revelation 10. Revelation chapter 3. True? Okay, now hear what the prophet says about that. So you believe you're in the right hand of God. And you believe that one of those stars is your your messenger. Because you wouldn't be contented in Luther's age. You wouldn't have been contented in Wesley's age. Because the seed in you wanted the fullness of the word. And you couldn't have satisfaction outside of this message. You couldn't have had satisfaction unless those seals were ripped open. You couldn't have had comfort without the revealing of Jesus Christ. So we understand then, am I correct in saying that then one of those stars is the messenger for your age? Or it's the seven stars that were in his right hand. Brother Bram said in Patmos' vision, he said, This comfort is not for the seven church age messengers only. Thanks, Brother Darren. This is not just for the church age messengers only. Every true believer is in the hand of God, can draw from his love and power and receive the full benefit of all that God is to the believer. That's my benefit. This is a tremendous benefit package. Everybody today wants to know what their benefits are. Well, I'm reading one of your benefits. Do I get dental? This is better than dental. This is a healthcare package that's unbelievable. You'll actually get a new body. Better than Obamacare. Better than MSP. Right? It's better than any medical plan you could get. So not only by us being in the right hand, we're the messengers in the right hand of God, we are in the right hand of God, and we receive the full benefit of all that God is to the believer. 
what gives the messenger and how he blesses and uses the messenger is an example to all believers of his goodness and care. And they've got capital, all members of his body. Amen. Then if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, dwell in you, what shall it do? It shall quicken these mortal bodies. If that spirit dwell in you. So every believer that was quickened by the word is going to rise. From Paul to Laodicea. Every age that was quickened is going to rise. Because in that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. It will quicken from Ephesus to Smyrna all the way down to Philadelphia, Laodicea. It shall quicken your mortal body. I had a, I had a, a text from a brother this week. He said, Brother Tom, you always use the quote where... Brother Bram saw us over there. He said, where did you get that? Man, I have made reference to this. It's, it's Rising of the Sun, page 44. Brother Bram said, I saw you all over there. Under their messenger will be gathered. He saw millions of them. Are they all Branhams? No, they're your converts. No, my, my. He said, are all these Branhams? No, these aren't. He says, there was a 90-year-old woman that the angel made reference to. She was young again. He said, in a rejected king, it sounded like the whole world seemed to scream to me. 90-year-old women and men, all kinds of them. If you wouldn't have went, we wouldn't be here. If this message wouldn't have come, we wouldn't be there. Are you getting my point? Then I saw you over there. That is my allotted portion. And I can say his lines have fallen on pleasant places. <laughs> if you can't rejoice around that, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to say. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> Who's coming? <laughs> I'm going in a rapture. Who's coming? I'm going in a body change. Who's coming? If you ain't coming, you got a tribulation at best. Or at worst, you're going to hell. There's only two places you can go. And if you go through tribulation, then you're going to be answerable at the, at the judgment bar. Don't you want to go to heaven? Yes, I do. I looked, I could see the people as far as I could see. They were coming, wanting to hug me, screaming, our precious brother, our precious brother. Then a voice said, all that you ever loved and all that ever loved you will be there. Hallelujah. All that you ever loved and all that ever loved you, God has given you here. And I looked, and here come my old dog. If the old dog could make it. Come on. Come on. If an old dog can make it. How about you? Don't you listen to that old devil. You get him up a tree. Not getting you up a tree. 
Come on, people. If, if his dog can be there, his horse can be there, his chair can be there. What about Cloverdale Bible Way? I'm going to be there. That's my portion. Hallelujah. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall right now. If his dog can be there, come walking out. And his horse laid his head upon my shoulder and nickered. All that you ever loved and all that ever loved you, God has given you them in your hand through your ministry. His ministry. He was sent to the elect. Through his ministry, we love the messenger through the word. And it's by the word we're going to take a body change. Then if I'm under a prophecy of Revelation 10, 8. Brother Branham was a prophecy under Revelation 10, 7. And the book was open. You tell me how you separate Revelation 10, 8 from Revelation 10, 7. I'm really going to bear down on this subject right here, right now, for just a few points. I thought, you know, today we can quote a lot of things, but we don't identify who's saying it. That to me is miserable. I looked up to Brother Branham and I looked up quotes. And he said, Paul said 769 times. He wasn't afraid to say Paul. He could have said the Bible said. He could have said the Bible said. But he identified the messenger with its message. And you cannot, Brother Branham, say separate the two. You cannot give a message without the messenger. And you can't have a messenger without the message. Are you with me, church? I'll look up there. Are you with me? God positionally places us in his word by an allotted portion, which is my inheritance. And I'm not ashamed of this gospel. As the believers would say, Paul said, or as the Old Testament would say, Moses said. I'm not ashamed to say, as William Branham said. I'm sorry, friends. If that offends you, that's, you'll have to just ask the Lord to help you on that one. I don't have a message outside the messenger. He said, say what I say. Then identify the messenger with the message. So I have to identify myself and say, well, you're bride. Where do you find that in the Bible, Victor? Where do you, where do you find that in the Bible? Where do you find that? Well, I say, I can go to the book of uh, Ephesians. And I can point to there that there will be a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And unto the elect, I could go to Ephesians chapter 1. Who I've chosen you before the foundation of the world. You can show yourself in the scripture. Isn't that what you want to be identified with? When you're preaching the word, identify with the word. Word, identifying word. So then, if the word is my inheritance, then it's unfathomable. Or it's unlimited, I should say. In what you can do for Christ. 
and in Christ. Can I help you by putting it this way? Now, not to the church, he said in the first seal. Oh, he says, this just makes me tremble. I hope the church can truly understand it, what I mean. I'm calling you bride. That's my allotted portion. And I'm not bride outside of this message. I know that's a hard thing to follow, but, or maybe swallow, follow, swallow. But just stay along with me. Without this, you ain't going in the bride. I know it's strong, but it's okay. It won't hurt you. It'll help you. You were placed in him before the foundation of the world. That's why the scripture goes on to say, those that he called, he justified. Those that he justified, he hath already glorified. If he's called you, he's already glorified you. He always sees you before and after. You were always in the thought of God. You were eternal. You just came through this little space of time, this little hickey of time to be tried and tested. Invisible union. He says it's not even in the memories of God, the old Tom Ray. Sister Sally, that to me is such a joy. Every time I read this, I get, I get such a thrill. Because no other messenger has ever told me this. Not even in the memories of God, you're justified. Therefore, being justified, he says now, if you was accused, if you was accused, you never did it in the first place. The old union is in the sea of God's forgetfulness. You wasn't married to it to begin with. He, the bridegroom, bore your shame. He, yourself, for you in your place. He took your place. For you were predestinated for him. Now, the scripture says that you were chosen in him. But now the prophet is saying you were predestinated for him. That's my portion. You were predestinated for him to be in his bride before the foundation of the world. The Bible said so. You are predestinated seed. So I'm a son and daughter of God. Say praise the Lord. So now here we go. The message called Ephesians parallels Joshua. He says now many of these pretty faced mothers sitting here. Some of them 60 or 70 years old. Would say well. What have I done brother Branham? Brother Branham comes back and said you raised your children. You've done what you're supposed to do. Be contented in your allotment. Be a housewife. Be a mother to your children. Now, are you, li- are you listening now? Because we're not going to go much longer. Many of these little pretty-faced mothers sitting here, some of them 60 or 70 years old, will say, what have I done, Brother Branham? He said, you raised your children. I'm content in my portion. I raised my children. You've done what you're supposed to do. Maybe some old dad sitting there said, well, I herald the fields. Herald, yeah, the fields. I'd done this. He said, I never preached. But you just did what God sent you to do. There's a place for you. 
Give me a preacher. Give me a Christian. Give me a housewife that's a Christian. Give me a farmer or factory worker that'll put God first in everything. And I'll show you a man that'll be successful in spite of all the devil will put on him. That's not some profound quote, but it's profound to me. He'll seek God first. He must have God. Or we must have God. So now God has positionally placed us in our inheritance for God. The church is put where she belongs. Each one. How we're called by the adoption. God has adopted us unto the sons of God. And we're sons by birth. We're adopted and positionally placed by the Holy Spirit. Look. They were every one Hebrews when they crossed the river. But Joshua divided the land and gave each one of them land according to the utterance of the mother at the birth. What the Holy Spirit told her to name them. So when she said Asher or Gad, that positionally placed them in the land of Israel or the tribes. Joshua put them in the land of their allotted portion. But Reuben had to be content with where God put him. He couldn't look over at Asher and say, I want your oil fields. He had to be content in where God put him because God put you there for a reason. And God has positionally placed us. He said, now this might choke you to death. If you're listening intently. This might choke you to death. But did you know that men that are the sons of God are amateur gods? I'm contented in my portion. Here's my placing. Here's my inheritance. Here's your inheritance. Did you know that the men that are the sons of God are amateur gods? How many ever know that? How many know that Jesus said, the Bible said, Did not your law say itself that you are gods? And if you're called them gods, which God said in Genesis 2, that they were gods, because they were, they had full dominion over the dominion of the world. He gave them dominion over all things. But he lost his godship. He lost his sonship. He lost his domain. Satan took it over. But brother, what are we doing here? We're waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God who will come back and take it over again. Waiting for the fullness of time. And when the pyramid gets to the top, when the full sons of God will be manifested, when the power of God will walk out and will take every power that Satan's got away from him. Yes, sir. Amen. That's what I believe. Caleb based his inheritance on what God had already told him. And based on his faith and where Joshua placed him, he says, it's yours. I've already given it to you. Hallelujah. He said, I like that. Not I will give it to you. I have given it to you. Before you ask, I'll answer. God has given you your inheritance. 
sons and daughters of God, it's time to come to your position. It's come to a time where you're thankful and happy, satisfied and contented on your portion. Don't complain from door one to door two to door five. And then rejoice that you got to five. And forget about your complaining. Just stop the complaining. Be satisfied. Be contented in this last stage. For godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. May God grant to you all the desires of your heart. And may the perfect will of God be performed in your life. Take God at his promise. Musicians, why don't you come? And we can thank God for my allotted portion. And he will maintain that portion for me. If I give my time to him and I lay before God before him and it doesn't come on a silver platter, as he said to the children of Israel, you are a great power. You have great power. Go drive out those Canaanites. Go drive them out of your land. Then I say to you this morning, saints, be contented in this word that has come for you, for you to drive out your own devils out of your life and bind them and put them behind you. And walk in the promises of God. For their yea and amen to them that believe. Now I just ask you this uh, question. Are you a believer? If you're a believer, then go possess your land in this great allotment that God has given you. You're in the right hand. You can draw on the benefits of God. It is well. Let's stand to our feet. It is well with my soul. When peace, like a river, attended my way, sea pillows
always ask for us to pray. Brother Biscal is there at the back. We're going to go down and, and pray with Sister Bondi, with Brother Ed. This is her portion. This is your portion this morning. So if you have a need and you want to hold that need up before the Lord as we pray for Sister Bondi, say, Lord, I have a need within my life. I have a need within my home. I have a need, Lord. Then, Lord, would you grant to me my allotted portion of healing? Healings, my allotment. And I claim it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we go to pray for Sister Bondi, why don't you just bow your heads and lift up your need also as we agree with Brother Ed, Brother Tim.
more of Jesus. yourself this week give him more and he'll pour out more he'll pour out to your allotment a body transformation let's bow our heads for a word of prayer father we love you with a very very great love and Lord this morning we have looked in your eternal word pray God that something been broken to help your children along the way we see an age that is just not contented anymore they're heaping to themselves God they are striving after things that are weighing them down but there's one that has got the answer that they could strive for and that's you Lord that God that they could look to the Lamb of God for he alone is able to save fill, deliver, set free. And so this morning, Lord, we're looking to you for our godly contentment, for truly it is a great gain. It will gain us heaven. May you go with your children in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you greet one another? We'll be back in service tonight at 5 o'clock. May God bless you, strengthen you, and give you a wonderful afternoon. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.